Good evening, lovelies, and welcome to another episode of Lens Buns. Today, we have an important familial guest from the St. Louis fam, a synth pop, synth wave artist and producer, AKA house music producer, DJ, Vinyl Bitchy. I hope I said that right. Um, She's worked with the likes of Roy Davis, uh, Junior, Ron Carroll, uh, Paul Johnson, a North City artist to know, indeed. Diana. How, yeah. are, we, how are we doing, girly? I'm doing great, actually. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you made it. Oh, my goodness. You know, I know it's hard getting up here to this cloud nine spaceship, but here we are in Lensbens. I just want to say thank you so much for coming and uh, giving me your time. Uh, you are only my second uh, artist to interview. I'm an artist myself, but it is just so amazing to meet other artists and especially to meet some St. Louis fam because, I mean, that's crazy. I just, I really did not expect um, to be interviewing my second person who's from my same area. So it is so nice. Welcome, welcome, Diana. Did I say that right? Yes, you are saying it correctly. Yes. Perfect. All right. So I have to say, I've listened to He Said the new single you just dropped and I have to say it's amazing you are thank you you. you're as young as you are and to kill such an 80s type synth type beat that you also created as well that's something so it's blowing my mind like how do you do this how do you do this um I've had a really I was blessed to be honest I was blessed because I have a heavy background of musical influence from my mom and dad mainly my dad and mm-hmm. then i got a chance to uh, work beside a very 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 uh revered musician here in st louis uh by the name of juxtaposition uh but everyone knows him as greg and uh he did a lot of uh, music beds for a lot of the radio stations here in st louis and uh, collaborated with so many outstanding uh, bands and artists and have uh, engineered their music. And uh, so I'm pretty much like his protege. So I was blessed to be in the right place at the right time. But um, most definitely my dad groomed my uh, musical ear at a very young age. So I, I mainly give like shout out and props to my father over anybody when it comes to uh, me being able to play all the instruments that I play, but I uh, give reverence to uh, Juxtaposition for actually teaching me how to run a studio board, how to actually run a doll, how to uh, mix down, arrange, uh, all the way up to engineering. He taught me everything, just simply being around him and watching him. My goodness. My goodness. So he, <laughs> he, did, he did music too? Yes. Uh, he was like in several bands and a lot of stuff and for a minute me and him we were in a band together we called ourselves VBNJ just like PBNJ <laughs> and uh then we split up uh basically just uh he because he's a floater you know he don't do one genre and stick with it he floats around and he works with many musicians in a in and out, in St. Louis and outside of St. Louis as well so uh he kind of felt like it was time for me to fly on my own in a way so really yeah and so I just was like okay and I kind of went on hiatus because I was afraid 
but then uh, the pandemic happened and the social distancing thing and I had nothing else to do and it was like the best way to uh, to be challenged I, I challenged myself and uh, he's very proud he's very very proud of me he's kind of speechless because like girl you kind of like you're out doing me here you know <laughs> and, and it's uh, pretty much uh, a breath of fresh air because he's very hard he's like a very 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 he's hard on you you know what I'm saying so he's hard to please you know what I'm saying he'll tell you straight up and then that's garbage or that sounds like crap or you're off key or that sounds too jumbly you know he's he's not you know the oh yeah that sounds good and biased type of person no he keeps it real so uh and he's harsh with it <laughs> so when I finally was able to get him to say you know what nothing's wrong with this song you know what I'm saying that's when I'm just like oh my god you know so like he held the standard for me so it's nice for him to finally be proud of me for something that I've accomplished by myself that he knew I could do but I didn't think I'd be able to do it but you had to step into it and actually prove it and you did that yeah exactly (laughs) so it took a while but I mean though six I've been playing instruments in six and like I'm 43 now so it, it basically took me to like yeah so I was like 43 to actually get this uh under my belt in a professional like manner where it sounds radio ready and stuff like that God. and where I have the confidence to even do it in the first place so you know what I used to be so upset I cannot believe you just said what you said right now I used to be so so upset when people were because I always used to think that is not true you all are just hyping this people don't look any different that don't age that much different than anybody else I never realized that we could even shock our own people with how young we look do you not understand I'm still trying to to process you said how old I'm not gonna make you say it again I I, I love saying my age I'm 43 years old I'll be 44 in October my daughter's 25 so yeah (laughs) wait a minute are we connected October what 26 oh you're not leaving no I'm a Scorpio I'm a crazy Scorpio but I'm not like that. But I'm not like one of the crazy November ones. The November ones give us October ones bad names, man. <laughs> but let me tell you, okay, so let me ask. So what brought you here? So like, you know, to music and the world of, you know, synth in particular. I know you said um, your dad was a major influence on you your parents are they what brought you to music or was there something else that it just hit you one day and you were like you know what no this is this is it this is what i have to do oh see to me that's like such a loaded question because uh music ah, i guess it's always been i guess it must be in my genes or something because when i was a little girl um my on my mom's side of the family we would go uh spend time with my grandma and stuff like that and my uncles and stuff they would play this game where they would play any song from zap and roger just to watch me dance because it was like the only thing i would like just go nuts about for some reason zap and roger and they like 
you know, so they was whispering to each other, like, hey, you want to see, watch what happens when, you know, play some Zap, watch when we play this song. And as soon as they play it, I'm like, it's like I'm attacked by the beat and I'm going nuts. And so I, I ended up teaching myself how to play the piano because my dad was uh, getting, my, uh, took my older sister's piano lessons. And uh, I would listen to what they were practicing, you know, and they were actually reading the music and it was going to Mr. Sutter's house. Um, that was their music teacher, well, piano teacher. And one day I'm in the basement, you know, playing, you know, what they were learning and they thought it was them. And my dad comes down to tell them good job and it's me without sheet music and I'm playing it flawlessly. And he was just like, what? And from that day on, uh, the first thing he bought me was an organ. And then every Christmas he bought me a Casio keyboard. You know, then I was like really smitten with his bass guitar. I was, you know, I thought it was cool that my mom was playing the guitar and he was playing the bass. They would do this in the dining room all the time. I don't know why they never did it in the living room or, you know, or even in the family room. They did it in the dining room for some reason. And so I'm like, yeah, yummy beats. Makes sense to me. And so I always sat up under them. But music has always just been the soundtrack of my life ever since I was a little girl. And it's the soundtrack of everybody's life. And uh, to me, it, I was more attracted to music than movies ever since I was a kid. And to me, I did like music videos because the music videos kind of made the song for me. You know what I'm saying? So I was just, it was just in my blood to, you know, float towards music. Yes. I completely relate. Yeah. How did you hear about Depeche Mode? I saw them in your, um, I saw them in your, I, I did a little reading about you and listened to some music for the past few weeks. That is what's up. Depeche Mode is like a huge influence to me because I, I was kind of, I grew up kind of privileged because my dad was high ranked military. So when cable TV came out, instantly I had the MTV, I had the BET, I had all of that. And um, yeah, I was, first time I ever saw and heard Depeche Mode, it was MTV. Uh, this was like back in maybe like 82, 83, you know, maybe even 84. And it was like anything that played on MTV, I was glued to. You know, it didn't matter what genre, who it was, what they looked like, male, female, old, young. If it was music, I was glued to it. And Depeche Mode just had the sound that was so, uh, I don't know, it was very different than what I had been listening to because of, you know, the whole British invasion, everybody had this specific sound. But uh, Depeche Mode had this dark sound to them. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, what is this? What is this type of music? Like, it's almost like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? You know, The Cure. It's almost like The Cure, but not as Robert Smithy. It's not too Robert Smithy. It's not too emo, but it's emo, but it's Don't simple. you dare. <laughs> you know? Don't you dare pretend to know about The Cure. Oh, oh I love God. The Cure. I love, oh my God, Robert Smith, his voice. And when he worked with Junior Jack and they collaborated and did the house music track, I still love it. Uh, the Hype, I, I immediately bought that record, immediately spun that out to uh, the crowd. And yeah, like anything that has anything to do with the 80s, uh, I'm there. Like, the 80s to me was the best era of music 
And um, I chose Synthwave because it's nostalgic for me because I was a little girl. You know, I wish that I was a teenager. I wish that I was like a young adult in my 20s and at that time because it just seemed like they had it so much better. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like life was funner. Things were funner. I wanted to be at the bandstand. Uh, I wanted to be in at Soul Train. I wanted to be at these places. I wanted to be in the Janet Jackson music videos. I wanted to be Janet Jackson. I wanted to be Jody Watley. These people, you know, everything, even country music in the 80s was phenomenal. Like every genre of music that came out, everybody, no matter what race they were, listened to it and they loved it. And yes. back in the day, Magic 108 was Magic 108. It's like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> now I think it's like Magic 104. Or, I don't know what it, what it is, but it was Magic 108 back in the day. And it's even right. Magic 108 played, you know, Spallow Ballet, uh, <laughs> Art of Noise, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Depeche Mode, People Are People. You know, they were playing these British invasion artists. So I was exposed to yeah. this sound like, profusely and constantly and it was always a sound that it's, it's, it's basically a time where I had no troubles no worries I could use my imagination and the music can take me anywhere I wanted to go you know and you know music of today is it's not as nostalgic as that it's not just because it's old or it's newer it's just the 80s had a sound to it it had a lost innocence sound to it though it was so innocent it was like everyone was like afraid of you know what i'm saying but i'm not afraid it was just a weird time the 80s was a weird time but it was a loving time and every time i get frustrated or things get too much for me i always revert back to the 80s new wave uh synth wave retro wave you know all of that i, I revert back to it and all throughout my house music career as vinyl bitchy i'm just like i really enjoy house music because it's fun and all that but i i don't know there was something about st louis's house music scene that was a little off-putting compared to all the places that i've toured and played at the way the people treated me in all the other states cities and towns and stuff like that and the way they treat each other within the house music scene was nothing like what it was in St. Louis. In fact, St. Louis, it was, you know, when you think about house music, you think about it's a place for love and it's a place where you can express yourself and you're not gonna get any hate. You're not gonna get in, everything's inclusive when everybody's about love, but it's not like that in St. Louis. No. Uh, it was a lot of fakeness. Uh, it was a lot of cattiness. It was a lot of uh, unfairness. There was a lot of, uh, you know, good boy, the good boys, you know, kind of club. You know what I'm saying? It was like a boys club or something like that. So what happened, you know, it was just every time I would have to come back to St. Louis and I would get invited, you know, and I've always, you know, supported St. Louis house music scene. I, I, I even went out, you know, and played out of town to support the St. Louis house music scene. But it was just so weird because people would come into St. Louis because they would hear what I would be playing out of town. And they'd be like, yeah, man, St. Louis must be badass. And they would come to St. Louis and they would hear what these house music DJs were doing and was like, okay, what they're doing is not what she's doing. Like, what is going on here? You know what I'm saying? So for me, house music in St. Louis was frustrating. And it wasn't about love and it wasn't about 
unity. It was more so, you know, like I said, it was a good old boys group. It was like, you gotta, you know, kiss this person's ass and you gotta do this, you gotta do this and that. And, you know, the whole schedule thing, them paying attention to the calendar. You bet not book a house music event the same day that I'm booking, you know, booking one. Cause now you're separating people, but it's like, that's stupid. Because it, when you do that, you're actually cutting people short of house music because see, you might have a $35 show, you're bringing in Ron Carroll and the show is 35 bucks. But Toby, it's got a free house music show or a $5 one and I can afford the free one or the $5 one. And I'm still gonna be exposed to house music on a Friday night or a Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? The horns are, don't separate everybody. It's actually hurt. It actually hurts the St. Louis house music scene. That's why it's so small. And then it kind of branched out whenever I would have to play. You know, my I had two booking agents and both of them were from out of town. One, uh, my first one, Daryl Owens, he's from Chicago. He came and plucked me from, from out of St. Louis. Like, what? who are you? Why are you here? And why aren't they booking you? And, mm. I'm, like, and I'm like the only black chick in St. Louis, you know, spinning house music and it's a black music. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I was ostracized. I was shut out you know what I'm saying and so he was like well I'm going to show people what you you know I'm going to show you off and he immediately um, booked me in Columbus Ohio and I've got to give it to Columbus Ohio if it wasn't for them uh, Vinyl Bitchy wouldn't have never been a name in house music at all Uh, they stopped for me hard so hard that everywhere else was like we've got to have this woman we've got to who is this vinyl bitchy she's got a cool name she's got a cool look but we want to hear her sound and then when they heard my sound it was so unique and uh they all had to have me and it only made things worse for me in st louis because when i would come back home from off the road it was even more, no, you can't fucking play. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't play here. No, we don't need you here. And if they ever asked me to play a show, it was because I was a last uh, afterthought. I was the, no one else wants to play it. So we'll tell Vinyl Bitchy to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so that hurt me. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't house music. It wasn't love. It wasn't inclusive. It wasn't sharing. It wasn't caring. It was hater it was it was it was through this that's not just house music in st louis and and it's not even just music in st louis it's just the scene in st louis like that's we we live in a very uh, diverse city that's very segregated and um we got everything here but you've got to it's still segregated you've got to go to those particular areas it was it got quite embarrassing when i would go to like for instance i like when i played um Beside uh, Paul Johnson and uh, Roy Davis Jr. at, at um, what was it Zentra? I believe it was Zentra in Chicago. Huge, you know, uh, ultra, you know, club, uh, ultra complex. They're laughing, you know, and I'm just like, what? what what's funny? And they're like, they're just like house music, St. Louis house music. St. Louis don't have a house music. You guys call that house music? It's just a bunch of white kids making noise. And then that stuff that they're playing, it's not even house. And so I would have like big wigs, like, you know, the you know your vets, you know, laughing at me, <laughs> you know? So not only did I have <laughs> St. Louis treating me like crap, I had the big wigs laughing at me. And so house music became uncomfortable for me. 
vary. And I would always run to listen to my synth wave, synth pop and all that. And finally I was like, why don't I create this stuff? Why am I not messing around with this stuff? Because then everyone that I make, you know, that I tell, listen to this and I make it and say, hey, listen to this. They're in love with it and they're inclusive and they're like, and they share it. And you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, that's what it is. Cause all I want to do is share just like everyone else is doing. I don't want to be the top dog. I don't want to make all the money. I don't want to get all the gigs. I don't want to, I just want to share my message through song just like everyone else. And the synth wave scene allows that. Whereas the house music scene steps on my neck. And that's supposed to be the scene that you're supposed to be going to for that love and inclusiveness and the sharing and caring when it's totally not. I'd rather be in a hip hop scene. They're more loving, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of weird, but most definitely I ran to the uh, synth wave because yeah, like I said, when I needed that outlet and I needed that the stress or the depression or yeah. the pain off of me, that music is what comforted me because it always took me back to when I was a little girl, when I didn't have problems. You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel you on that because what you were saying earlier about these 80s music and the, the kind of, um, it was a, it was a very, they, it was almost like everyone who was making music was scared and it showed in their music, but it also was like, there was love. I think what it really was is that, and it was also just that it was a much more vulnerable time. It was a much, yes. you, could be, you could be more vulnerable in. Yes, I love the word you used. That's exactly what, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, everyone was like yeah, really naive and vulnerable, I yes. I knew it was because that's what it was. It, it, it allowed your music to be literally a piece of you that you pulled out of your soul and put on display. And instead instead of, you know, a made up character who you, you know, who who is two dimensional, you don't really have a character analysis done for it not really a 3D in-depth well-rounded character and it's just some story that you're telling like that's what music has become especially since people don't make it the way that you and I make music now uh, anymore right. so exactly. you know um, and I don't mean just like the beats like the beats it, I make beats so like you, you can still make music and make beats but if you are using nothing but loopers if you are buying beats from other people, buying lyrics and songs from other people. Right, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not I don't gonna, do that. I'm not gonna knock you. I, I'm not gonna I knock, knock you. you. Yeah, I'm not gonna knock you because, you know, what, whatever, however you want to send out your message, send that mug out. But yeah. I understand it, it's a lot more, we put a lot more of who we are into the music, which is why it takes longer to make. And that's yeah. why when it comes out, it comes out sounding a, a different way than everyone else's, you know? Yeah. And that's how the 80s music was. It sounded different than everyone else's. You know, when you go back and listen to a lot of your old school, you know, artists, they didn't necessarily have the most polished sound, but no. the sound was phenomenal and it was theirs, you know? Uh, it wasn't as cookie cutter as things are now because of the samples and the loopers and uh, the loop packs and the things like that that people, you know, use to uh, create. Yeah. yeah, like I said, there's no problem. I don't have a problem with that. Do what you do. It's just like the same thing with the argument. You know, I'm a turntablist. I still spin records with 
two turntables and a mixer. You know what I'm saying? I don't use the controllers and the the uh, sync buttons and all of these things. I'm just from scratch because I'm giving you me. You know, I'm giving you a piece of me and it's all of me. You know what I'm saying? I'm sharing something with you that's actually quite sacred, especially with me being a Scorpio. I'm a very private person. Yeah. So when I do get a wild hair and I do release something, trust that it's something of substance. It's not yeah. surface. You know what I'm saying? Speaking it's of a, substance. It's yeah, it, it's deeper. It's, it's, a, it's a deeper thing, you know? Speaking of substance, though, is Prince an influence? Because I definitely Fuck hear yeah. him within your work. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, Prince, uh, Sheila E., uh, Morse Day, Rick James, all of them, uh, Janet Jackson. And there's so many people. To be honest, if I had to sit here and list off all the people who influenced me, uh, we'd be here on this interview all day long. But as far as with the 80s thing and me going into the synth wave, uh, my new EP that's getting ready to come out, Ghosting and Guitars, I thought that it would be straight up all synth wave, right? But as the production of uh, the project moved forward, things changed. My feelings changed. My, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would start off a project and I would hear something else than what I was going for. And I was like, you know what? And I'd switch it up. And so next thing you know, it, it went from synth wave to a synth pop synth wave. And then it went from synth pop synth wave to dark synth. And now it's more of like, synth wave dark synth synth pop and now 80s r&b and so it's supposed to be a five track ep and wow. so you're going to get a little piece of all of the 80s on this ep to be for real so it's not like i'm just doing one straight genre of synth and so i i didn't mean for it to end up that way and that's why i could see originally the ep was supposed to release in may but I don't know. It's just like I said, uh, the energies and frequencies that was around me changed. And I just didn't want to, I'm not the type of person that want to uh, pretty much like, what is it, anchor myself down to one type of sound. You know what I'm saying? And I was thinking after the Synthwave uh, project, I'm going to try to do an 80s R&B project because nobody's really messing with 80s R&B. You know, and we're all trying to go back to the British Invasion synthwave 80s sound. But what about the old school uh, 80s and 90s sound? You know, like I loved New Jack in the 90s. Why aren't people trying to sound like New Jack artists again? Why aren't people trying to sound like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, how they sounded in the 80s when they was releasing everybody's music? Uh, when they were... Uh Uh, messing with SOS and Janet Jackson and so, so I'm like you know what I want to do that and so that's what I think ghosting and guitars is all about I believe that it's a whole it's a time warp of where music was great for you know everybody as far as the rock and soul you know saying uh arena of the 80s that's what the ghosting and guitars EP is turning into. And so that means that I'm taking my time with it because I really want to sound 
you know, polished like that music played during that era. You know what I'm saying? Because then that's just what I want. You know, most yeah. of your uh, synth producers they just say, "I'm just making music. I'm just making this music because I just love this sound." But me, I am specifically trying to challenge myself with yes. creating a genre of music that I loved the most. That happens to be my favorite era. So it's not just the genre; it's the era. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not all synthwave. You know, like I said, I didn't venture off. And now, you know, I'm messing around in 80s R&B and soul. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't mean <laughs> to do that. But you know how frequencies, you know, and vibrations work. Yes, ma'am. So th- now I'm like, to me, I'm glad that this project has been pushed back a little bit because I did make my uh, date for he said to come out i did meet that deadline and that's all i really wanted to do is at least meet the deadline to at least get something released by may and i did that i love it i love it i love he said it's really i'm I'm gonna listen to it again after this uh interview because it's really good it it takes me there and it, it just really amazes me how you actually do you really do, and, and, and I'm a good person to tell you about this, kind of like your dad will not bullshit you. I'm not gonna bullshit you because you actually are doing stuff that I do. Um, and this is kind of my realm of things because um, I have, you know, every artist has like their thing. My thing right. is uh, that I do everything. So I sing country, rap, uh, alternative, screamo, metal, um, I need you know, to work with you. I would love to work well, with you. <laughs> I do. I do uh, '80s synth like Kate Bush and um, Running Up That Hill and and uh, Prince and and uh, Depeche Mode and uh, Placebo. So I definitely um, I'm trying to make an album right now this year. By the end of this year, I want my next album to be. Well, my next album is going to be. Um, it's almost done. It's going to be uh, the same genre as my first album, but this next album, I really want it to be all different genres of of rock. So like grunge on one album. So like I want it to be grunge. So dope. It's all going to be uh, original, and I I want to challenge myself. Like this is going to reach in and find your inner Kurt Cobain, right? Like you just said, <laughs> yes, yes. Like you just said, I want to challenge myself to be able to do stuff like Kurt Cobain, alternative, uh, to right. be able to do stuff like metal, screamo, like uh, 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 in this moment or Atreyu. Um, to or, be able uh, to think of this. Oh yes. Grunge like Alice in Chains. Chains oh my God! But I'm not going to make this interview about me. Although that is, I'm so happy. No, we could totally do some Pink Floyd because the Pink Floyd's my favorite rock band. So yeah, please, like Roger Waters, Sid Barrett. We have to work together. We, we have do, to. Work together. We just got to. We got to. We got to. We got to. We got to jam. We've got to jam together. We got to like bring out our. Uh, I, I call Axel's my man. He's my electric mister. You know, because you know most guys call their electric guitarist their electric lady. Well, no, I have an electric man. Okay, so I'm gonna bring out my Axel because he's a sweet ax, and uh, we're gonna have to like put our heads together and uh, get down with some stuff. Because I would love to actually do some uh, grunge and some um, punk. Boy. To be for real, I would love to get into some punk. But if I was to get into rock, rock, it would totally be Pink Floyd. Totally, because I'm heavily influenced by Roger Waters. I love that man. 
my goodness. But here, okay, I've got another question for you. When did you first start? I know you said it took you a while to get to where you are now, where you're able to have radio quality work, which is what I'm still working on myself. Um, but when did you first start? Like, when did you first make your first, well, this is kind of like a, a, a like three-part question because it's kind of like, when did you make your first work that you produced? Um, when did you make your first um, song period, even if it was never recorded, uh, when did you write or, or make your first song? And then also, when did you start pursuing the music like a, a job or a career? Oh, wow. These are good questions. This is great. Okay. My first song ever was, believe it or not, it was on my own. Uh, but when I created on my own, I was seven years old. It just didn't have lyrics. Uh, I didn't know how, I, I, back then, the, there wasn't a doll. If you wanted to record a song, you had to go to a recording studio, <laughs> you know? Uh, there was no uh, little project studios in people's houses and stuff. So I'm like, and so this is like way back in like 84, 83, 82, you know, seven, the, the little girl. Seven years old. Yeah, I was seven years old and I always played that because, I, I, you know, the, the keys are my thing, the piano and the violin. Uh, strings, instruments is my thing. And I always, always, always practiced and played. Every time I saw a keyboard, a piano, whatever, I always played on my own. But I didn't know that it was on my own. I just knew that it was a song that I made. And I'll say in 20, no, wait, in 1998, I met Juxtaposition and Juxtaposition introduced me to the DAW FL Studios, but it was called Fruity Loops back then. Yes, it was. And I was like, teach me how to do this. And he's like, I can't do it. You just got to sit here and watch me. And so that's what I did. I sat and watched him. And so I was able to do drum programming. And he also, and I'd already in college was taking up audio production and video production. So I had learned how to cut and splice reel to reel, and which was analog. And I also learned how to work with uh, Able, not Ableton, but uh, Pro Tools. So I knew how to digitally edit. And so Juxtaposition ended up introducing me to Adobe Audition. And so I was able to record me playing on my own, the keys to the drum programming that I did in FL Studios and put that wave inside of FL Studios and arranged everything, mixed everything down in uh, Adobe Audition and arranged everything inside of FL Studios. So that was like, yeah, uh, 1998. 1999 is when I, it was a, a finished product, but it didn't release until 2006 uh, or 2009 actually, because before 2009, I did a song called uh, Where Should I Go? And that was actually the first single or EP that was ever released by me. So that's like, yeah, 2003. And uh, that was experimental. It was completely experimental because it was touching the EDM world. It wasn't necessarily techno, it wasn't necessarily house music. It wasn't necessarily anything. It was just very electro -y. But everyone went crazy over it. And this is like in your MySpace days, you know? And so I became like this MySpace celebrity. What do you know about MySpace? I miss yeah, MySpace. Oh my God, MySpace, like, ah. Uh, 
it, it didn't I, ruin my life. I, it gave me a life. <laughs> it gave me a life, but I ran into unsavory people that I did work with. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the most popular girl on uh, MySpace, Tila Tequila. I worked, with her. Her yeah, I worked with her. Yeah, I was one of her double dolls. No, and you she were not. Did, yes, I was. And she did some really dirty sh- stuff. She did some really she dirty did. stuff. She's racist. Yeah, she did some dirty stuff. And uh, yeah, very racist, very, very mess- messed up woman. She did some messed up stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming for you. I am coming for you. And so, yeah, she also came to St. Louis to... Um, appear at one of the nightclub home nightclub i believe it was in the casino now like, yeah girl you know i'm waiting on you she decided not to show up because she knew i was gonna tear her up she's only like four foot two or some shit you know what i'm saying i was gonna tear her up because what she did was wrong i'm not gonna go into what she did but she didn't just do it to me she did it to a few of the devil dolls to a few of the girls that uh we had worked with and it was um intrusive it was berating it was uh, really dirty, underhanded, and the lady made a lot of money off of it, and we didn't get a damn dime from it. Of course, that's what she's doing right now. That's why she's in the news now. Yeah, and so uh, me and Thayan, we've got words. Me and her, we don't get along. Me and Thayan, if I run into that's her, amazing. That's we, amazing. yeah, we, we have problems. We have problems. <laughs> She is famous, so that's amazing that you work with someone. Yes, and the thing about it is, this is like right before she got uber famous, like being inside the the, uh, Maxim Magazine. Because see, I was in Maxim Magazine before her. I was on uh, a show on A&E called Caesars 24-7. So I was already doing reality TV shows and doing all that stuff. And that's the reason why she kind of chose me to work with her because I was someone who's already moving and shaking. She only chose women that you know people were looking at and who's actually moving and shaking in the entertainment industry and this is before i even got serious serious with my music you know what i'm saying because i was a model at the time and uh but i was you I know curving the uh my fan base into being my music fan base instead of just looking at me i wanted them to hear me and so I was already slowly sliding music in on these people to let them know, okay, I'm about to evolve to, into something else. And so she's checking out what all of us are doing. And so she decides to do music when she knows that I'm trying to do music. And you know, she she did a lot of stuff and she was always online talking about people are copycatting and bitch, she was the one who was copycatting off of a lot of people. <laughs> you know, and, you, and we see where her career is now. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But, the thing about it is, uh, yeah, before she even got shot at love, like me and about four of her devil dolls, quote unquote devil dolls, was already doing something. So if anything, in in some respects, she kind of used a lot of people to get where she is today. Wow. And, and stepped on their heads and put her middle finger up to them and just like, screw that you know what i'm saying and a lot of people weren't listening when a lot but well, i didn't say anything because it you know uh the same people that you say see on your way up you're gonna see them on your way down so i just kept my mouth shut but a lot of other girls they were quite vocal about 
her behavior and the things that she was doing and was you know telling the world about what type of woman she was and no one was listening until it was like kind of too late and then everyone was like oh okay now we've got her you know pegged as you know what people who was working with her was saying about her but uh that's why I don't really like mentioning it in my space days because she had my fans and her fans in uproar and it, the whole thing was just stupid and I just wanted out and you know what I'm saying I just know that if me and her meet face to face yeah you know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm gonna give her a finger to the face conversation and she knows it and that's why she dodges it so if you're listening Diane, I've got something for you, Mrs. Tila Tequila. You know, you you need to you need yeah, to get a hold of me before I get a hold of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you my <know> I mean? <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't you bring the smoke over here? <laughs> she okay. don't want the smoke. She don't want the smoke. The way I'm gonna, the way that I plan on getting back at people that have used me over the years in uh, the entertainment world, because I can't necessarily just say music industry. Uh, but and, and it's to just keep being great. It's to use that for the fuel to my fire and yeah. just keep doing what I've got to do. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, uh, same people that you see on your way up, you see them on your way down. So you most definitely don't want to burn any bridges. It's just, if there's anybody, because I know a lot of you know uh, influential people and famous people. I used to be a radio personality and like worked in you know like yeah like I said the entertainment world so I was always around uh a lot of uh prominent influential bigwigs so you know you gotta you know hold yourself to a certain standard uh you know or you gotta keep your composure in this industry because people talk you know and uh you don't want to be the subject of the evening ever you know what I'm saying whether it's good or bad you don't want to be the subject at all you want to be like you want to be like the Keanu Reeves of everything you just fly under the radar with everything you know and just keep it moving you got to be like the Denzel Washington I didn't I, I don't answer interviews you know what I'm saying you gotta you know keep your mouth shut but but keep your ear to the ground at the same time I heard that well did you always you know want to do like was this always what you were meant for did you know that Yes, yes, uh, instantly. Instantly, when I was about five or six years old, uh, I knew that I was going to be an entertainer of some sort. Uh, I would practice my poses for my uh, promo shoots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would practice my little dance moves as well, because I thought I was going to be Janet Jackson when I grew up anyway. So, I, yeah. I really did. I'm still trying to be Janet Jackson. When I grow up, I'm still going to be her. But I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I knew this. I, I knew early on, like as soon as I could even think, I knew that I was going to be an entertainer of some sort. I feel you. I feel you on that 100%. What emotions do you explore and invoke to make your music? Every time I make a song, it's real. I can't, I'm not a type of person that just makes music and just pump music out. I have to actually go through something because I'm empathic. I feel things. And uh, when I go through, like, for instance, he said, I'm gonna explain to you what he said's all about, even the music video, so that you can understand. Like, I don't know if you've seen the music video or not. Um, 
Yes, but the music video, it's on YouTube as well. Uh, he, said he said it's about the love of my life. He was this guy that I met my senior year in high school. And he was the new guy. And he was beautiful. He was the most beautiful thing that I've ever, ever and I was I was always a huge Keanu Reeves fan like Keanu Reeves has been my husband since you know what I'm saying 1986 you know what I'm saying since the first time I saw him on MTV commercial rambling about a bunch of nothing and this is way before you know River's Edge or um any of his movies before a uh, permanent record before Bill and Ted this you know he was uh, on this commercial rambling and he was exotic looking and I was like, who is that? And he's the, mo he's the most gorgeous thing on the planet to me, especially him in his younger years. And this young man that I uh, wound up seeing in high school was just like that. He was very exotic looking. I didn't know what he was. I didn't know what, he was Puerto Rican, but he just didn't look Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? He was just so beautiful and he always had a smile on his face and he was tall and he had this mustache you know and oh my god he was just hot he was just I just and you know and I was a nerd and I was bullied a whole lot and I don't know what made me you know muster up the courage to do it but one day I actually went up to him and told him what I felt and he followed me around like I had a piece of candy for him <laughs> Come to find out that this boy was a sophomore. I thought he was a senior because he hung out in the senior hall and he hung out with nothing but seniors. He was a sophomore, but I'd already been fiddle faddling with him and already been caught feelings and all this. And so when I found out that he was way young, plus he had a girlfriend that was a cheerleader, I had to let him go and I didn't want to let him go. And so this is like uh, 1996. You know what I'm saying? And I had to let this boy go. And throughout time, we kept running into each other. But it was like a hit and miss. So I could never get him. You know what I'm saying? And it hurt, but it didn't matter who I was with. I didn't matter who I was dating or anything. I always thought about him. And so finally, in 2017, I got him. He came back into my life. And this time I was like, nope, I'm keeping this mother. You know what I'm saying? He, he's mine. I'm not letting it go. I'm not doing anything. I've been single for six years. Obviously, they say you let something go and it comes back to you. It's yours. You know what I'm saying? But it still wasn't the right time. It just wasn't the right time. So, uh, in fact, the relationship was horrible. It was, it was not what I envisioned, what I dreamed up in my head. And he made promises to me. He said things and everything. Like like I said, he said like everything that you heard in the song. He said, you know, that he cared for me and he'd be there for me and that, you know, that, you know, things between us would get better. And things just got fucking worse and worse. It was just a toxic, it was very toxic. Oh my it was a very toxic relationship. I'm not going to go into everything, but it was a nightmare. It was a complete night. It was not what I envisioned. And to get over that, that's what that song he said was about. Um, like, if you pay attention to the music video, uh, the symbolism in the music video, um, I'm in a tree 
you know, which uh, trees represent life. And in this tree, there is an empty circle. And I'm sitting in this empty circle. And then sometimes you see this empty circle empty. Uh, he promised that, I, you know, I, I, I had this feeling that, you know, I was a goddess. I was, I was fancy. I had it all. But if you pay attention, my fanciness is half-assed. My uh, makeup, one of my eyelashes is about to fall off. I'm, I'm in this, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, and then there's scenes where I don't have makeup on. Then I do, because it, it was a feeling that he was giving me. And then it was the feeling that I really was going through back and forth over and over and over and over. And then this, the, the spinning of me upside down and whirling is how I felt. You know what I'm saying? So the whole entire music video was very symbolic to uh, what my emotions were and what I was going through, the hell, that the internal hell that I was going through knowing that I imagined this man as Prince Charming, but he looked like he looked like the guy I was in love with, but he didn't act like the guy. And he made all these promises to me like what the Prince Charming in my head did, but he didn't stand up to any of those you know what i'm saying it was just a major disappointment and so um all of my songs uh on my own it was about me cheating i cheated on a, a man and i ended up leaving him uh, but it was like the emptiness and and stuff like that you know uh, upbeat i felt great <laughs> i really did want everyone to dance on the dance floor to my music <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it was like all of my songs are a real happening like uh this track passionista that, that uh i'm working on for the ep that I'm, I'm in the process of mastering now uh it's true it, it's a true feeling of me and you know the love of my life the way you know i wanted us to have fun and, and the way we did have fun at, at one point in time you know what i'm saying and how we would go out and we couldn't you know keep our hands off of each other. And it's such a cute, fun, summery song. And I can't wait for it to release. But everything that I write about, all of my lyrics and all of my, the music is, is me. It's the emotion, it's, uh, you know what I'm saying? It embodies the exact thing that I was going through at that time, you know what I'm saying? So it's, that's what I mean when I say my message is through song because that's what it is. It's my story. Yes. Yes. So you need to check out the music video because you'll understand if you see the music video, you're like, oh, I so get this. I totally get this. And so <laughs> I'm up high in the tree. So I'm in my higher being. I'm in my higher self being real with myself. You know, you can't keep letting this man put you through this. You know what I'm saying? You got to move on. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, it's me having a conversation with my higher self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think you'll dig the video. And even the music video, I shot it all myself. It was crazy doing that, too. Because <laughs> it, it was during the pandemic, so we couldn't, you know, it was social distance. Everything was social distance. And that's what kind of forced me into having to do this project alone. Because I would never, ever want to do a music project alone. It's always best to collaborate with uh, other artists. Um, but when pandemics are happening and social distances, you know, and you don't know as many people and many people don't take your music serious, you know what I'm saying? You have no choice but to buckle down and do it yourself. And so um, 
the whole name change, you know, me killing off Vinyl Bitchy and becoming Diana, which is my real name, uh, I'm tired of being characters. Uh, the whole entire Diana thing is, okay, now you guys get to see the real me, you know, uh, which was another reason why in the He Said music video, you see scenes where I don't have makeup on at all, where I'm just naturally just me. You know, and, and I've never given the public me. I've always given them uh, Vinyl Bitchy or uh, Phantasm or Baby Girl or Laura Charles or whoever, whatever character that I am at that time, because that's what I have to do in order to be comfortable with releasing my art. I have to always make myself into someone else in order yeah. to do it. But, but this time around, it's like, nope, this is me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You guys, if you, if you don't like me, you know, love it or leave it. But this is me. This is not a character. I'm not in, you know, you know, uh, a gimmick. I'm not anything. I'm just me. And That's what I've always felt about my music. That's why I've always been Lynn Ferguson. People have always been like, okay, so what's your stage name? And I'm like, Lynn Ferguson. Like, I mean, right. Exactly. Like, it's just me. <laughs> You're like, brave. People be like, but what do you know? What do you, what do people know you by? And I'm like, Lynn Ferguson. Like, what are you talking about? I'm jealous. I'm jealous because it, that just shows how strong and how brave you are. You're, you're fearless. And in this industry, you have to be, you have to be that because everybody's a character. Nobody wants to show and reveal who their real selves are. And so for you to immediately just start off that way, you know what I'm saying? That says a lot about who you are and it only makes me want to work with you even more. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, that's pretty you- dope. That's this dope as fuck because I don't know anybody who's that comfortable to be just Lynn Ferguson, just to be Diana, you know, just to be themselves. Everybody's a character. You know, even Prince was a character. Roderick Nelson, he didn't come out with his music as Roderick Nelson, <laughs> you know? He came out as Prince and the, the artist finally known as Prince. And you know what I'm saying? So for anybody to just be like, get all that, you know, mumbo jumbo, this is me and love me for who I am, that's, that's strong. You're a very strong woman. and. I'm honored to know you. Oh my goodness! Stop it! Oh my gosh! Well, look. What are your? What are your? No, I thank you greatly for that. That really just touched my soul. Oh my goodness! I'm not. I'm not crying. It's just the. No, this is not crying. No, no, the little smoke getting your eye. It's the vegan eyeliner. I'm not crying. It's just. But look, I'm trying new things. But look, what are your music? What are your exactly. music, what are your musical goals for your career? I'm just hoping to put music musical instruments back into the Ferguson Florissant School District because music is what shapes a child's uh, future. Uh, music is an outlet not just for if they're frustrated or if they feel lonely or if they feel rejected. It's also a good way for their academics. They uh, children excel expeditiously when they played uh, some type of a, a musical instrument in their their youth, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it helps, and the studies have shown that it helps them academically when they play instruments. And when I was going to uh, the Ferguson Florissant School District, it was a quite privileged uh, school district. Uh, so we had everything. You know, we had Ford and McDonnell Douglas and Emerson Electric. We had all these huge 
corporations putting all this money into the schools. You know, they don't have that anymore. You know, these kids don't even have violins. They don't even have recorders. You know what I'm saying? I want I want my music to put music back into these elementary and middle schools and high schools so these kids can learn. And uh, if they're having troubles at home or if they're feeling lonely, you know, their violin is their friend. Um, they can make a song and... 10 years later they can you know mix that song down and 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 release it and it becomes a real song like what I did you know what I'm yeah. saying I would love to teach young ladies how to produce and master uh from from scratch from the beginning all the way to the end I would like to teach young girls how to do that I would like to see a lot more uh younger female producers out here and not DJs not all that but I want to see women you know small at young ages producing music and I want to see an instrument in these little girl and little boys hands that's yeah. what I want to do with my music <laughs> yeah. and that's the honest to God truth I just want to give back like that's what I did with uh, the Upbeat album proceeds went towards putting instruments in, back into schools and that's just something that I've always stood up for because I knew what I had. That's very good though, because like, we need that, like. I did not think that they were serious when they always were talking about just a few years, just when I was leaving high school, it was right after I left high school in 2012 when I graduated early and, um, it was like those next few years, people were talking about, yeah, the kids aren't going to be taught music anymore. Yeah, remember uh, for a long time, uh, MTV and VH1 had a Save the uh, Music Foundation. That's what that was about. It was They were yeah. trying to put their instruments back into the schools and no one listened. And here I am, I'm 26 years old and I'm looking and I'm seeing they are not teaching these kids music. They're not teaching mm -hmm. these kids handwriting. They're not teaching cursing. No, nope. anything. It's all on like I couldn't believe it. My daughter, she's twenty five, and she can't write cursive because they, they never taught her. Oh my god! She thinks that me writing cursive is. She calls it that fancy writing. That's what she calls it, Mama. Why you do that fancy writing? I'm just like it's called cursive. I can't believe they didn't teach you that. Oh, you know, she's my age, and they didn't teach mm -hmm. her, and they did not teach her. My daughter do not know not one. And the sad thing about it is, she went to the same school district that I graduated from. Oh that's God. how so that's the reason why I'm like I've got to get instruments back into these schools I got to do something to keep the these kids um motivated to want to learn and if you know even if it's not learning in the classroom uh music is mathematics and it is a rhythm or is arithmetic and it's it's writing it's comprehension it's all of that Yes. You know all of that is combined and a lot of people don't understand it they're like, ah, it's music math uh there's numbers in that you know there's so many numbers in a bar there's so many numbers per beat there's so many you know half steps and the whole notes and all of that is math Beats baby measure exactly you know that's math baby and i hated math math was my, the worst my worst subject but making music i'm you know i'm pretty good at it <laughs> I used to hate math. Math and math. I freaking hate it. No. What's your greatest accomplishment thus far? And what's what's taking you to like what's your greatest accomplishment that's taking you to like 
the next level? Musically? Mm-hmm. Me working with Ron Carroll, working with Grammy Award winning Ron Carroll. He is a pioneer, uh, a veteran of the house music scene, Chicago house. Uh, he happens to be a Vinyl Bitchy fan, <laughs> which I don't understand. I really don't understand that. And uh, he had heard about my mom falling ill and I took a long hiatus from music because I had to take care of my mom and my dad because my mom's uh, kidney had failed on her and uh, it was really, really bad. And my dad had uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And then I have a little brother that has Down syndrome. And my mom had, you know, she was the one taking care of them. And when she falls down, who's going to take care of them? So I just screeching hopes just stopped everything. I stopped my whole entire life and just walked away from everything to take care of my dad and my little brother and my mom because I'm a daddy's girl. And my parents are each other's best friends. They've, they've been married for uh, 51 years. So they're each other's best friend. And my dad is my best friend. And so when my dad, when he does remember who I am, uh, he told me, if my wife dies, I'm checking out. And I'm like, oh, nope, nope. My daddy ain't checking nowhere. So I stopped everything. I didn't care what it was. I'm not doing it if it, it had nothing to do with my parents and my little brother, Matt. And uh, he heard about it. He heard through the grapevine about it. And he reached out to me. And he told me to record an uh, excerpt of what music is. Like, he told me to read the definition of music and then tell him what music is to me my definition of music and he ended up using that in uh one of his songs and stamping my name on it and everything and he he kept my name in the air when i wasn't doing anything and uh for someone that prominent in the music industry who's a pioneer like that to reach out and help me in that way, uh, it brought me to my knees because I didn't think anyone, especially if that stature cared because they laughed at me whenever I would play next to them, whenever I was on the ticket with them because I was from St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? But he never laughed at me. He took me very serious in music and he's still to this day, he um, takes me very serious. So him acknowledging me and uh, collaborating with me like that without me even knowing that that was his whole ploy uh i think that was probably my biggest accomplishment because i I didn't mean for that to happen i didn't know that that was even going to happen but it did it it blew me up a lot and it um had uh it it landed me on like two other record labels so that was cool (laughs) (laughs) that was real cool (laughs) Like, thank you, Ron, you know? So not only was I on his label, I ended up on Wetsuit and uh, Midwest Hustle. So oh. man, that, 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 that was like my biggest accomplishment in music history. Well, I was going to ask if you'd ever inspired anyone, but clearly you have yeah. inspired one great. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. and then it's like, how, how do you inspire a pioneer you know and you're not even in this pioneer space you don't talk to this person you know but whenever he saw me he did make it uh his business 
to uh, trip over everybody just to hear me or see me or say hi to me. And I didn't understand it because I don't get down with that fanboy, you know, fangirl stuff. Like one day I was like in the Galleria Mall and it was like all these people get, got to screaming Final Maggie! and started chasing me. You know, I did not like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, a man smacked me upset the head with a beer bottle and tried to carry me out of the venue right after I just got off the turntables. And it took like a billion people in the uh, venue to beat his ass, you know what I'm saying? And get me out of his hands. And they took me to the office and resuscitated me and told me what happened. And uh, that all started scaring me. Uh, I, 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 I kind of, it was kind of easy walking away from everything because stuff like that was happening. And I don't like that type of stuff. I told you I'm a private person, <laughs> you know? So uh, that was something that I wasn't ready for. And I try to tell a lot of people who have this passion to want to, you know, make music to be famous, not to make music to make music, but the, the people who want to make music to be famous, I tell them, you better watch out for what you're wishing for. You know, because if you start losing your privacy after a while and you could possibly get hurt. Because I ended up in the hospital having to get stitches put in my head because a, a, a bush bottle went upside my head because some man wanted to caveman me from up out of the club. I don't know. None of us know what the man was going to do with me. You know, <laughs> they just know that he attacked me and tried to carry me out of the venue like right after I tore the roof off the place. Oh, my goodness. Get the heck out of town. Yeah. You, so you got to be careful. So, you know, when you're uh, putting intentions in the universe, you got to be specific. You can't just say, I want to be famous. You know what I'm saying? Because then you'll be famous. You'll All be right. Famous. You know what I'm saying? But are you going to be successful? You know, are you going to be prosperous? You yeah. know, are you going to be, you know, uh, heard the way that you want to be heard? You know? Okay, okay. So we got Diana over here dropping them gems in Lynn's bin. Mm-hmm. All right. Got you got to, because uh, you got to protect your spirit, your mind, uh, body, and soul first and foremost before you start treating everybody else, because if you can't love anybody else until you love yourself and respect yourself first. Yourself. Let me get an A. Man, oh my goodness. Like up in here, yes. <laughs> Who is your target, your main target audience? Who just has to like listen to your music because it will speak to their soul? Everybody, anybody, <laughs> anyone who likes it. <laughs> and that's the honest to God truth. I don't, which is crazy because it, um, I assumed that people around our age would be uh, the main culprits of the uh, spins and stuff. But no, it's actually these babies. Like always, the babies are the ones who's always listening. So you've got to carry yourself in the correct manner and you've got to make sure that you be mindful of what your messages are and how you're delivering them. Because uh, the babies are the ones who's out here buying the music. I found out that my demographic is from the ages of 13 to 23 and it's mainly boys so I've got to make sure I'm not too revealing I gotta make sure that I'm not you know too um, adulty 
in what I'm trying to convey because that I'm not trying to misconstrue nobody's children out here with me being as old as I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and plus, synthwave music and 80s music was very innocent anyway. And that's another reason why I chose to produce it. Uh, I'm letting the babies know that it's okay to be, you know, reserved or, or sexy don't have to be half naked or, you know, sexy can be cute. Cute is okay. It's all right to just be cute. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it's okay to be yourself and uh, and not follow the trend of the, that everyone else is doing um, to, to get likes or to be liked. Yes. Well, I just got a few more questions for you. What's the hardest thing to get right with your craft? My confidence. Mm. My confidence in what it is that I'm releasing. I get tired of second guessing myself, especially in the mastering arena and when it comes to singing, because I am not the greatest vocalist. Uh, I'm a woman with a deep voice nowadays. Uh, everybody's looking for a songbird. Everyone wants the woman to sound like, you know, a Disney lady with the really cutesy, fruitsy, high-pitched voice. And uh, I sound like Barry White. <laughs> you know, I sound I like homegirl from uh, the Pointer Sisters. I sound like T-Boz. I've got this deep, husky voice and uh, I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just not comfortable with it i'm getting comfortable with it don't get me wrong i'm finding myself in it you're finding yourself yes yeah i'm finding myself in it and starting to feel like i don't care what y'all think i'll do it anyway you know what i'm saying uh i've been told by several people oh bitch you can't sing oh you need to stop you just need to stop you know but now i'm just like i don't care um but i still battle that it's still an uphill thing for me my my voice I honestly like and I know you haven't really listened to any of my stuff and uh, we get off of here you're gonna be like dang on it I was on the call with her no I'm playing I'm playing no you on my show (laughs) no but what do you call it um but it is that my music when you check it out but what do you call it um um I um would um I definitely know what you mean um, when you say that you get like, you know, you're still, it's still a work in progress because guess what? Like when you hear what I do, you'll be like, why the hell would you ever feel nervous about singing? But just because it sounds, it could sound like, and yes, I can sound like the Little Mermaid or as deep as Nina Simone. So, you know, I have a very wide range and I love to go low just as much as I love to go high. But I do get what you're saying with the whole high thing because I know that if I didn't have the range to go high, that people would not be as into me as they are that I can do both. But what do you call it? Um, I do get nervous um, even to this day just because, you know, you can still have what people think is 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 everything. You could have it all to, to other right. people. But like, you know, to yourself, you're still yourself. You're still a human. You're still mortal. You still can bleed and make mistakes. So Right. And see, so, what messes me up with the whole thing is my sisters, they could blow. And I can't, but they can't play instruments. I can. <laughs> you know? And it's like, and I wish I had their voice and they wish that 
they could play other they just pick up an instrument and play it like I can you know what I'm saying and so when I do try to sing I can sort of hear remnants of my sisters in my voice and when that happens while you know while recording I feel good I'm like okay okay I sounded like Gino I sounded like Lois I sounded like Marva you know and so I'm like yeah I'm gonna use that part because I sounded just like her you know at that part and so um I use them as a uh as my standard as you know my focal point uh as opposed to using other artists but I've got to say um there's an artist uh her name is her she goes by H-E-R her I love her. She has a deep voice where a lot of people thought that she was a guy. And I'm like, well, if she could do it, I could freaking do it. So she's helped me have the confidence in just go ahead and, and using my deep voice. Yeah. And, and it's a new instrument. That's what it is. My voice is a new instrument that I'm still trying to learn. So I'm not comfortable with it yet. Well, listen to Tony Braxton and her and um, who else? Sade. You know, these are some iconic women who have very deep ranges. In and me. know that they're all were from the 80s. <laughs> See, you yeah. were the 80s were so accepting of that. We started moving on to that songbirdy, high-pitched, voiced woman, more so like towards the late 90s into the 2000s, you know. And that's what scares me because I know that the babies are listening but at least I know that these baby boys like women with deep voices. I guess they getting tired of hearing songbirds or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they don't have a problem with my voice. That's the thing. And that's why I love that I have the mentality to not really, I really don't care what other people are doing. Like I will, because I am so well versed in so many different cultures and, and types of music, I can make what they're making now and make it something that I would like to produce. Right. And I can also, but but I don't have to stick to that because I'm so good at what I do. I can make you, and I do it all the time. You'll see it on my page if you download and make an account on BandLab. But I do it all the time. People will, you'll see the people who like some certain rock songs I do or, or um, you know, um, 80s songs that I do or 90s or 70s. And that you'll be like, dang, like these are people who mostly listen to like the, the rap and the poppy stuff nowadays, but right. loving her stuff. And it's because I can literally, like when you can pull someone there, you can pull someone there. And you just right. have to yourself enough to, to, to be able to share what you believe with other people so they can feel just the same emotion that you're trying to convey with your voice. Well, see, yeah, then that's something, that's another reason why, I mean, you need to be with each other because you got to coach me into that. Because, <laughs> Like I said, it, it's uh, it's so weird because I just taught myself how to play the guitar and you hear how I'm rocking that thing. I'm rocking that thing like I've been playing the guitar, guitar. Forever. I played the bass guitar for since I was little, but not the guitar, guitar. But the voice is a completely different instrument and I'm like, what? You know, and so I'm still trying to get it. And... um. Someone like you would help me. It would be a great help when it comes to uh, confidence building because that's what I need. Uh, a vocal coach that's more of a confidence builder than anything. Yeah. And help, to help me understand what type of voice that I have and how it can be used, how this instrument can be used. And since you are uh, well-versed 
when, when it comes to all your different ranges and stuff like that, I would love to work with you. It would be an honor to work with you. It really would be. Well, Vocally, see. instrumentally, all of it. Well, you heard it here, folks. First, on Linspins, we've got a collaboration coming up. I got yes, two more. Do. I got two more. Uh, will you do this for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like breathing. <laughs> like, am, am, am I going to just stop breathing like, like, like the day I die, I guess? But uh, yes, most definitely. As long as there's babies being born, I'm going to keep doing this. Because <laughs> I want those babies to all have guitars and uh, keyboards and turntables and flutes and horns and, you know, instrument things. I want them to have things to uh, fall back on when... Uh, stuff don't go right for them rather if the friendship goes bad if a job career that they thought that they wanted don't go right they have something to fall back on and i think that was the number one reason well it was the number one reason why my father was so adamant with making sure every last one of his children knew how to play at least three instruments before leaving his house you know what i'm saying he wanted us to have something to fall back on if our friends screwed us over we could pick up our guitar and forget about it we could pick up the keyboard and forget about it or you know what i'm saying so i feel like music like i said it's the greatest outlet and when you put it in a child's hands you're putting it in uh the hands of somebody that can make it whatever they want it to be because they're so influential at that age. They can take it to the next level when they come into theirs. And that's what it exactly. is. That's what, it's about. that's what we should have been doing since the uh, 80s and the 90s. But something got lost in translation in the early 2000s and shit just went whack. But, exactly. uh, but my last question for you is what advice do you have now that we're talking about it, you, you, you have been like we're we've been so in sync throughout this whole interview. So it's pretty cool because you've been either answering questions I was going to ask next uh, immediately at the right time, or you've been leading perfectly up to the next question. So the last question is, what advice do you have for newcomers and aspiring artists, the children we were just talking about? Don't give up. Whatever you do. Do not give up. It's not going to be easy. Rome was not made, you know, built in a day. Uh, <laughs> please don't give up. That's all I have to say. It, you, There is light at the end of the tunnel. And not only that, set your standard. Don't fall off of, or don't go by everyone else's word or anyone else's word. Go off of what you feel because this is your creation this is your baby this is what you're trying to manifest this isn't something that everybody's trying to manifest this is your work this is your dream this is your energy and don't let anybody deter you from it yeah that is so real it's so real what are your social media tags your your new upcoming projects or releases um and your uh shows do you have anything like that to announce or where to yes, find yes 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 um for, like, like you spoke about um earlier i just released uh, my single uh he said it's diana he said diana spelled d-a-j-a so it's spelled almost like dejana but it's the Croatian way of spelling Diana. It's D-A-J-A-N-A. -A -A, and you can find me uh, on YouTube Music, Spotify, all the downloading and streaming platforms 
online. Uh, you can hear, you know, find my music and use my music for your TikTok videos, for your Instagram videos. Uh, on Facebook, you can use them for your Facebook videos. I do have a Facebook page, Diana Sensation. And then I also have uh, Instagram where I'm at uh, Diana the Muse. Or I, I have another one where you can find me at audacious underscore melodious and then you can also find me on Bandcamp which I would love for you guys to actually follow me on Bandcamp because it's so much more one-on-one -on -one, a lot more personal you get to learn a lot more about me because I, I get to speak with you guys you know in the forum in our community and stuff and so uh, that's uh, diana.bandcamp.com Perfect. Uh, my, I believe my EP. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's it should be releasing at the beginning of August. Uh, the next single will be called "Passionista Neon Ecstasy," and I would like to explain "Passionista." It's being okay with being having fun with your lover in you know public and anywhere. So, you know, you want to be a passionista. So, yeah. So be looking for a passionista neon ecstasy. And what are you talking about? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not to mention for all of the Synthwave people, I actually do have a Synthwave um, podcast. Uh, so you most definitely must pass or, or make sure that you don't pass up on adding me on uh, my band camp because that's when you'll be getting a lot of your uh, updates and the information about um, a lot of the Synthwave podcast shows and uh, I've got this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful project that's coming out called Stephen Carpenter. Uh, it's the dark, you know, the dark synth stuff. So it's also going to be on the uh, EP Ghosting and Guitars. That's the name of the EP. And that's releasing, like I said, at the beginning of August. And you don't want to miss out on it because you get a little piece of, of everything that happened in the 80s that had anything to do with rock and R&B. So yeah, it's totally a time warp. So you guys got to make sure that you follow me on Bandcamp. It's again, diana.bandcamp.com. And that was Diana, D is in Diana, A, J is in Joseph, A, N is in Nancy, A, Diana. All mm -hmm. right. And also um, you should follow me on BandLab. I'm going to follow you on Bandcamp and I'm going to uh, do that because I started one but I haven't really done anything with it yet but you should follow me on Van Lab so you can see a lot of my work because that's where my personal most is. definitely totally I want to follow you on Bank Band Lab wow, uh, any, any, yeah, please just send me all of your links because of wherever you are I am there I am so there and not to mention be looking out for me and Lynn's uh, collabo that will be coming up really soon. We don't have a date for it yet, but it is happening. So make sure you guys are following the both of us so that you guys can get the update on when that's releasing as well. To a radio near you, yes. All right, well, I thank you all for tuning in and jumping out of the box. 
and into lens bins. Uh, please come back and join me for my next episode. It's gonna be um, actually a much more personal episode about my mother, uh, who was the mayor of uh, one of the Northern cities of, uh, excuse me, counties of St. Louis, Kenlock, and was um, uh, put through the ringer for, um, by the police of that uh, area. Wait a minute, I think I know her. I think I know about this story. Yeah, so because you know, uh, I grew up in Ferguson, and you know, that's like right next door, dude. Yeah, we have uh property in Ferguson, 10 acres. Uh, so yeah, you probably do, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna connect uh, as soon as I conclude this. Because the Kenlock is a very, very personal neighborhood to me. That that area, like that Kenlock, um, Wellston, and the area that's the promenade now, the mall, all of those were like prominent black neighborhoods that were kind of like taken. So yeah, I've kind of got a thing for that. Oh, so, yes. I, I, so I plan on tuning in to this show about your family. Oh, we're going to get along. Oh, definitely. I look forward to doing it for you. Well, thank you so much for listening. We had Diana on the show. I thank you so much for coming. And um, please come back and see us again soon. Will do. Thank you for having me. Bye.